Hey everyone, welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I'm your host, Angie Miller. And today we are going to talk about self-sabotage, why we self-sabotage. You know that thing that we do where we get really, really close to a goal, or maybe we're in this amazing relationship and then we do something either consciously or unconsciously that gets right in the way of us achieving that goal or continuing this beautiful relationship. There's a lot of reasons that are linked to the reasons that we self-sabotage and kind of get in our own way, if you will. And so I have Nari Kaur on here with me today. She is a empowerment and leadership coach, and she's also a podcast host to Ladies Who Lead. And I know Nari does a lot with confidence and self-sabotage. So I thought she would be a perfect guest to come on here and give us a coaching lens to look at self-sabotage. So Nari, I'm going to bring you in and have you introduce yourself. Hi, Angie. Yeah, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here. I'm from the UK. I'm an empowerment and leadership coach. I'm a qualified, uh, quali- I have an MBA. Um, I'm a master NLP and life coach and more recently a wellness and lifestyle coach. Um, I'm also a motivational speaker on various platforms. And really, I help people to connect with their inner confidence so they can um, achieve their potential. I've had the pleasure of working across the globe. So I've had the chance to really study human behavior and the intricacies of soft skills to really help people to de- personally develop themselves into being the best versions of themselves, really. All right. Wonderful. Connecting those soft skills with those hard skills. I love it because that's such a big thing is being able to be the best person that we are in emotional intelligence, but also to be able to perform what we need to perform in our daily jobs. So Nori, let's talk about what is self-sabotage. And I want to give one of the most classic examples that I always think about when I think about self-sabotage. I taught university students and it would be the last semester of their senior year. They'd be taking oftentimes the easiest course load. Um, They saved all those easy courses for last and they, they allegedly couldn't wait to graduate. And then all of a sudden I hear that they failed a course, whether it was conscious or unconscious, it gets right to the end. And those students who thought they couldn't wait to leave academia, turns out the idea of going out into the big bad world created such fear that they ended up sabotaging their last semester so that they would have to stay in a safe space, which is what they knew. So I think that that's kind of a classic example of self-sabotage, but how do you define self-sabotage? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's a really good example that you've given there where somebody would be fearing who they might be become as a result of the success that they might achieve. So they hold themselves back and go back into their own cocoon of um, the comfort zone, as we know. Um, so it's really when people undermine their own good intentions and their own long term goals, they hinder their own success, they almost become their own worst enemy. So that, that, that means taking destructive steps that can negatively impact their own career and relationships um, and physically acting against one's own interests, getting in the way of one's own success. Um, and it ultimately, it, um, it's where the threat, which is linked to a fear, exceeds the desire to reach or achieve the goal. Mm, I love the way you put that, 
the threat meets or exceeds the actual goal. I also had to take a little note because I thought that that was classic, fearing who they might become. And isn't that the truth? We can't wait to become something and then it gets right to the end and we fear becoming that because then there's that flip side of that same coin of, are we fearing that we're going to succeed or are we fearing that we're going to fail? And either way comes with consequences in people's minds. Well, if I succeed, then now I'm up here and people are going to keep expecting more and more and more. And if I fail, then I'm going to feel like a failure. So I think those are classic examples. Um, Nori, why do you think people self-sabotage? I mean, you described what it is beautifully, but what do you think gets in the way? So often it's a deeply embedded programming that, pe that people have. And it's where they ha people have a limiting belief, essentially, where what they believe that they deserve doesn't match actually what they want. And it appears in a person's life often as a reoccurring pattern, which is when they realize that there's something wrong. So people do this often because they've possibly had a difficult childhood. They may not have had a secure attachment style to their parents, in which case they would be avoidant in mature relationships. They may even be modeling uh, one of their parents who were suffering uh, and they built beliefs around their parents suffering and then that directly reflects in what they deserve as an adult. Uh, they also may have low self-esteem which can be interlinked to these limiting beliefs and then in adult life they play that out by uh, doing things that confirm those negative beliefs about themselves so exactly as you said what 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 do i deserve what can i have what what can be my reality um and it's very much linked also to fears these these deep fears that people have for example in relationships somebody might have a fear of getting hurt they so then they will have a fear of commitment and they will have unhealthy relationship beliefs this could be linked to a previous relationship they've had or indeed their parents relationship they may even fear rejection um, or fear of failure. As we said earlier, fear of success. Therefore, people then create dysfunctional habits to protect themselves from these fears actually becoming real uh, in their lives. And um, another one would be cognitive, dis cognitive dissonance, which is where people have incongruent beliefs and attitudes that, they, that are held simultaneously, which affects people's abilities to make decisions and act in the direction of their goals, uh, often having conflicting thoughts, um, which are unhealthy. Um, and, and that plays out in all sorts of ways in their life, which we'll come on to. Um, and finally, um, let me, let me go, let me interject here for a minute, Nari, because I, I don't want to go too fast because you've laid out so many things. I want people to kind of be able to hold on to some of this and sit with it for a minute, if you will. And first I want to reintroduce you. So I'm talking to Nari Kaur and she is the podcast host to ladies who lead. She's also an empowerment leadership coach. And we're talking about self-sabotage, what it is and why we do it. And Nari, I heard you talk say some really profound things. You know, you said that one of the reasons why we self-sabotage is out of this deep sense of fear, you know, fear of success, fear of failure, um, because both come with consequences. And then you also said that there's these limiting beliefs and that what people feel they deserve doesn't match what they want. And I thought that that was such a great statement because they have this underlying sense of, of low self-worth. And so maybe they don't really feel like they deserve it. They want it, 
but they're not convinced that they deserve it or that they're ready for it. They have the imposter syndrome or they have fears. And so I think that's such a powerful um, stronghold that gets in the way and creates self-sabotage for us. And then you mentioned cognitive dissonance. And that's a really good one because one of the examples of cognitive dissonance that I think of is I want a good relationship. Tell me if this is a good example. And, and you kind of touched on it too. I want a good relationship, but I had a relationship in the past where somebody hurt me. And so I'm not totally committed or I'm not totally convinced that this person isn't going to hurt me too. So I'm going to do something to destroy this relationship before this person can hurt me. Yeah. Just, it's, is it's that a, a good example? Out. It's a, it's a great example. And people do this in relationships all the time um, and also because they have these beliefs they are inclined to continually attract partners that are not going to commit to them either yes. because ultimately they might not want commitment because they've been severely hurt in the past um, and I've seen this in people's careers as well again about what they what they feel that they deserve I've seen uh, like highly accomplished highly educated people who self-destruct their careers um, because they don't feel like they deserve to climb the ladder. They feel like they just don't deserve to have a business or to be successful. Or they have um, they have ceilings on how much they feel they deserve to even earn. It plays out in so many different ways of life. Yeah, I think so too. And I'm going to be honest. I think it's played out in a lot of different ways in my own life of thinking that I want something and then getting right to the right to that phase where I'm going to get it. And then all these fears come into come into, you know, all this narrative that I've held on to these self limiting beliefs that we've held on to. Maybe we've exceeded this ceiling that anyone in our family has ever exceeded. And we start questioning, well, what makes me think I deserve this? Or what makes me think I've got the tools? And again, I always think of it as that combination of imposter syndrome mixed with those fears mixed with that sense of self-worth so there's so many things and and it's almost comforting but not comforting to hear that big powerful leaders run into the same thing right and maybe even more so because high achieving people probably get to that point where it's beyond their wildest dreams right Absolutely, because they are constantly pushing that comfort barrier. They're trying to live in that stretch zone whereby new things are happening. So as I said earlier, some things like fear of the unknown, uh, fear of change, and ultimately fear of success. And you get this in so many different ways. Like you said, family, in, in a family context, in a cultural context, about what people believe that they deserve. And this can go back generations, um, and it's still affecting people. And it's so sad but the, the 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 positive thing about it is it can be changed and it requires identification, awareness, and then a reversal of those beliefs that we know are what are ultimately undermining people's um, people achieving the potential, people achieving success. Yeah, I agree. Identification and awareness, because you can't really yeah. do anything about it. As the old saying goes, you have to claim it to tame it. You can't really fix something unless you really admit that there's actually a problem. So Nari, you're a big competence person. And I'm just curious, the the idea of self-sabotage and confidence, it's like they're a really bad marriage. They're like fireworks in a marriage, because I do feel like, like you said, we start... Um, 
we start making decisions that support our narrative. Like I had a therapist say to me years ago, and I still use this analogy um, with my clients where there's like Teflon and Velcro. And if you have a foundational uh, questioning of your self-worth, if somebody says something to you that is negative, it sticks to you like Velcro. If something says something to you that's positive, then it's you're like Teflon. It goes right off of you because you don't really believe it. And so that question of like confidence and self-sabotage, like you mentioned, we pick partners who are terrible for us because that's what we feel like we deserve. So tell us about self-sabotage and the effect on confidence. Yeah, it can be incredibly frustrating and really difficult to pinpoint for people as well and absolutely detrimental to a person's confidence. Um, it also affects over time a person's emotions and we know that emotions are linked person's health so it can also have a detrimental effect to one's physical well-being as well which directly also affects confidence but this self-sabotage is usually a, a reoccurring cycle over a prolonged period of time that's why it's called self-sabotage um, and really what happens is the person starts to deplete the person starts to uh, miss out on opportunities um, they even start to be um, show up differently because ultimately it's all about what a person believes that they deserve so they could have put in all the effort in the world to be that best person, to get the best things. They could be intelligent enough. They could be experienced enough. But once those beliefs kick in, which are linked to really, I like what you said there about the Velcro example, it's linked to something called a reticular activating system. Whereas if you have an underlying negative belief about yourself, you will go out to look for examples about that belief, to reinforce that belief. So then it becomes, you, you, then you live it with conviction. Uh, you can also do the opposite, but uh, usually people are confirming limiting beliefs. Um, mm -hmm. And also, it also affects relationships. And as, as you know, as human beings, we, we thrive from relationships. We have relationships in all walks of life with family members with people that we work with, with friends socially. Um, but really what happens over a prolonged period of time, something that I've observed, is people don't understand you. So people around you are watching you self-sabotage and they're getting yes. confused, thinking, what is this person doing? Um, and it, eventually, um, some people are not willing to stay with you for the long haul unless you you self-heal. So it also makes your... your um, sometimes it can make loving people or people that you care about actually remove themselves from your life I've seen people do that um, yes. people can often see you as a victim and the sad thing is you become in a compromised state um, sometimes people can even take advantage of that because as you become weaker that could benefit them so yes. there's so many different ways in which a person's confidence is weakened mm -hmm. and it continues to be weakened the longer you you self-sabotage well, and I thought that you described that perfectly because you're spot on. And again, I'm talking to Nari Kaur. She is my guest today. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. My name is Angie Miller, and we are talking about why we self-sabotage. And Nari is an empowerment leadership coach, so she's a perfect person to come on and talk about this. And we've talked about what is self-sabotage and why do people do it. And we're kind of talking about that impact on self-confidence and our, our confidence and, and our the way 
that we self-sabotage. And I agree with you. I thought that was a great example where people will actually push people out of their lives because their loved ones and people who are close to you will get sick and tired of seeing you self-sabotage because it's difficult. It's difficult watching someone self-destruct. In fact, it's extremely painful, whether they're using alcohol or whether they're refusing to go after their goals or they're living small. It's really hard to witness that. And so, you know, the irony though, Nari, what comes to my mind is the irony is when you push people away, when those self-sabotagers push people away, there again, it builds their narrative. Then they get to say, see, I don't deserve good people. All good people leave me. Yeah. And then they sit down in my chair in my office and it's like, ah, right. So because yeah. that's their narrative, because they've gone out in life and supported that narrative. Yeah. I've got a quote by uh, the famous Russell Brand, which says, if I don't address my self-sabotage, I develop a pattern of self-sabotage in my world of relationships. So it's yes. a domino effect. Yes, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. So, you know, Nari, let's talk about some of the ways that we self-sabotage. Let's just kind of break it down one at a time. One of the classic ways that I think we self-sabotage, and I know I've done it, I'm classic procrastinator, where I put off because everything has to be perfect, 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 perfect. And in that striving for perfection, I can never quite get there. And so I self-sabotage and I end up being late on a deadline. And this has been a pattern that I've had to really correct and hone in on and not let it get the best of me anymore. But procrastination is one of the ways that I think we self-sabotage. What, what do you think is another way? Yeah, that's a great example. So procrastination and perfectionism are actually linked where people are delaying um, out of fear of failure. Um, all the, and then they feel ashamed and they even feel guilty. So procrastination and perfectionist, perfectionism are two uh, prime examples of people self-sabotaging, uh, believing that, well, they want something, but they don't believe they deserve it. So they make sure it doesn't happen. Another way is, uh, as I mentioned, modeling, modeling uh, self-destructive behaviors of parents. You see this uh lot and uh, when people come to for healing or therapy a lot of the times they have to do they have to reverse engineer and it often comes back to one or both of their parents people also uh we call it self-medicating that is things like excessive alcohol unhealthy eating habits smoking even taking drugs so all of that stuff it it affects our body doesn't it so um yeah that's um, yeah it's a big one and I know a lot of people that have unhealthy eating habits, a lot of people that binge eat, people that are on a diet, but then um, they, they can't seem to lose weight. They try every diet. They try every different type of exercise routine. But ultimately, if the belief doesn't match the intention, then it won't happen because yes. the person will come along and, and, and disrupt it for themselves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and build the narrative that this is what they deserve. And, you know, I like what you said about the self-medicating because whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs, whether it be um, eating behavior, sleep, lack of sleep, too much sleep, there's all kinds of ways that we do this, that we medicate using our body as kind of a tool. And, uh, but all of it always comes back to the same theme of whatever we 
kind of inherently believe at our core is what we set out to reinforce, right? It's why they say like a lot of times if women have been in a bad relationship and they go somewhere and there's a hundred people in the room, they're likely to find that one person who's going to reinforce exactly what they don't want. And so we have to, like you said, this isn't um, meant to make people go, oh, well then what's the point? It's really meant to say we have to be aware of what we're doing and the role that we're playing. And to me, that is empowerment. To me, I want to know what I'm doing wrong because then I have the power to get in the way and fix it. If it's someone else's fault or I'm blaming somebody, I'm disempowering myself. If I'm saying, well, it's my parents' fault, I'm like this. That one drives me nuts. I think that there should be like a statue of limitations on that one because at what point do we stand up and say, yes, this happened in my childhood. And for some people, it was trauma. I mean, true trauma. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about that. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about if we're modeling things from, you know, what would be decent parenting, but, you know, maybe our parents model less than less than wonderful things. And we have to like, notice that and then say, okay, I think I can do better. And again, we're talking about overall decent parents. We're not talking about true trauma or anything like that. Yeah. I'm not getting in the way of that. So yeah, absolutely. And and, that, and that's when you actually, when you heal, when you actually get to the root of why this is happening, then you can stop those disruptive, like I said, self-medication or patterns that people have. And often that's referred to as misguided self-love because the person is still giving themselves love. Like, oh, I feel, I feel lonely or I feel upset. I'm going to have chocolate. So in that moment, they're comforting themselves. Um, but obviously, in the long term, it's not good for a person's um, mental or physical well-being. So just a couple of other ways to touch on that where people do self-sabotage, for example, imposter syndrome, the negative self-talk. So the constant self-criticism that is uh, self-sabotaging. Uh, another big one is ignoring emotions and feelings, again, with distractions. Other distractions such as social media, video games, excessive shopping, overspending. There's so many different ways in which people distract themselves from what's actually going on inside because they don't want to feel their true emotion. And then giving up on things uh, when it gets difficult, when it gets challenging, they just give up. Oh, those were, those were classic. Actually, I tried to write down as many as I could. I said, imposter syndrome, negative self-talk, um, excessive shopping, they try to ignore their feelings because they don't want to feel those difficult emotions. Those were amazing examples. Thank you. So again, I'm talking to Nari Kaur and my name is Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. And we are talking about why we self-sabotage. So we've talked about what, what is self-sabotage? Why do we do it? What is the impact on our confidence? And what are some ways that we do it? Nari, what I really want to get to before we kind of end this show, the most important thing that I think people are waiting for is how do we stop? So now we know how it shows up, but what are some really powerful tools that we can give to our listeners to say, okay, these are some things you can do to stop self-sabotage? Yeah. So quite simply put, the way to stop self-sabotaging is to identify what's behind it and to get to the root of the issue. The sabotage itself is an addiction and it's a feeling, uh, a purpose in our subconscious mind. Um, and the pain is actually trying to communicate with you. It's something inside you that isn't being heard and it's causing you stress. So you need to understand that, uh, firstly, you need to understand 
stand up. It's not your fault. It wasn't created by you. So you need to uh, go easy on yourself, be compassionate and be forgiving in, because it was actually created by an experience that had a, a profound, uh, painful effect on you. And then that was ingrained in your embedded programming. You were a blank canvas when you were born. So you deserve to reclaim that version of yourself with all the positive and healthy beliefs about yourself, which can help you to bring you to connect you to your potential and to ultimate happiness. It isn't a character flaw. It's simply a set of behaviors, usually arising out of fear-based negative beliefs that's preventing you from achieving your goals. So you so need to- let me stop you goal. there for a minute, Fartnari. Let me stop you there for yep. a minute. I want to yep. stay with that because, um, so you just said you were a blank canvas when you were born. And I would love for every listener out there to just visualize like a big whiteboard or a blank canvas and to visualize this is your life and you get to create anything you want. You get to make it anything you want. Go back to being a blank canvas. What if you were to rip off all those old narratives and you were to create the person that you want to be and start fresh? I love that analogy and I didn't want you to skip over it. You, I thought I was a fast talker. Nari, you're a really fast talker. So I really wanted everyone to catch that one because that was a fantastic example. And then it, just the fact that, you know, yeah. it's our fears. So acknowledgement. So yeah. um, what, what's another way we can stop then? I like the self-compassion in the blank canvas. Yeah. So just confirm to confirm that it, forgiving yourself is so, so important. You have been following a default pattern on autopilot. You need to stop that. A way to do that. Uh, often people who are self-sabotaging get stuck in what we know as fixed mindset. So they believe that they can't change. They believe the life that they've been living is unchangeable. So with emotional intelligence, we can take people to actually a growth mindset. So if you might hear people saying, things like it is what it is that's just how my life's meant to be I'm not meant to have those things those things don't happen to me but when we change the person to a growth mindset they believe that they can actually have whatever whatever they want to have and they have it within them to do what they can do to change it with hard work and commitment but it is possible so they can they they can have like the expectation of themselves that yes I can make a difference I to do a bit of root cause analysis here. So I often encourage people to, if you're seeing self-sabotage in your life, you do need to go and see a therapist. You need to sit down with somebody and first identify all the behaviors because they are actually a, um, a, sim they're a re response. They're actually a symptom of the root cause. Once you identify the root cause, then you can um, actually build in opposite beliefs. So you can reverse your negative beliefs and just change them with the opposite that would give you opposite results that would make you consciously start behaving in ways that are different to what you have done before, which will get you the opposite results. And well, will, will, and I, will... I think that that's important to stay with. I, I like, first of all, that you talked about a fixed versus a growth mindset. And I did a podcast about a year ago on fixed versus growth mindset. And I think, and there's a great book about it. And this is a powerful topic because you're right. Fixed mindsets say, well, this is the way it is. And it's kind of that victim mentality of I am mm -hmm. who I am, as Popeye used to say. Uh, all of you young people are like, who's Popeye? But anyway, <laughs> so. Um, well, look him up on YouTube. Um, but we're not who we are. I mean, we are until we're not anymore, right? We believe something until we don't believe it anymore. And so it starts with a little self-compassion and a little forgiveness and that idea of creating a whole new canvas for ourselves, but also just ownership of 
this is my mindset, but my mindset does not need to be fixed. And if I can move into a growth mindset and I'm willing to go to a therapist, a really powerful trained coach, I have potential to do more and be more. And I, I think that's where it's at for everyone. We all say we want to do more and be more, but we get in our own way, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it often comes from taking baby steps. So uh, practicing breaking that comfort zone, which you've probably been living in for a long time um, to the listeners here, um, taking baby steps in that stretch zone. So practicing things that you have never done before, trying new things, uh, but seeking support, having a support network, you will soon find things that you feared in the past are now your new comfort zone and, and you're looking forward to actually what you can do next. Um, and practice becoming um, something I often practice with my clients is I give them a visualization of the person that they would love to be. And then I get them to practice things that that person does to try to mirror that person and to try to bridge the gap between where they're currently at to that per person that they would love to be and uh, when a person starts to take incremental steps towards that um they will see that uh, actually a lot of the self-sabotage disappears um, okay. so it's really, really powerful yeah i love that so what i got down nari was you said take baby steps and try new things and i think that's so true it's almost like systematic desensitization we have to try new things do small things maybe you try a new food a day or maybe you go to a new place but i like that a lot um so nari we have to close up our show but i again my name is angie this was strong mind strong body we talked about why we self-sabotage and i had nari core on here who is an empowerment coach nari do you want to go ahead and tell people how they can meet you on Instagram and on email before we close up. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to check out a little bit more about what I do, you can find me on um, www.naricore.com. I'm on Instagram as Sky High Empowerment Coach. Um, and all my links are there in the link tree. And if you want to email me directly, it's naricoreuk at gmail.com. Thank you. All right. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Nari, for joining me. And thanks to all of our listeners. And we will see you next week.